an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, today on the podcast, I have Meg Schwartzrock, and she is also called Manifesting Marge, which I absolutely love. She is such a creator, and she embodies it so well. She's fun, playful, everything that you should be in order to create the life that you want. You're going to love this episode. She walks us through what she does in order to manifest the life and the things that she has. Meg recently started a podcast called The Meg Rock Show, and you can find out more about her at manifestingmarge.com. But for now, here is Meg Schwartzrock. Let's get started. Welcome to The Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Meg Schwartzrock, and she is also known as Manifesting Marge, or now you're doing the Meg Rock Show, right? So which name do you prefer? Meg Rock, Manifesting Marge, (laughs) which one is your favorite? Um, I think Manifesting Marge. Let's go with Manifesting Marge. I love that. I think it's hilarious that you have Manifesting Marge. I think it's so great and it's so fun. And that's what I like about you. I love that you have such a playful energy around manifesting, around spirituality, around energy. So that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. And I am so excited to be on your show later this week, the Meg Rock Show. So let's get started. Thank you for being here. Tell me about your alter ego, Manifesting Marge. So funny story, when my husband and I started dating, I'm Margaret Ann, I'm named after my grandmother, and he started calling me Marge just to be funny, and it really got on my nerves. I mean, the (laughs) only thing I think about was Marge Simpson. I was like, please don't call me Marge, you know, and it's, at that point, I was in my early 20s, and like, Marge sounds like such an old lady, like, don't call me Marge, and then all of a sudden, all his friends started calling me Marge, and now our kids call me Marge, and yell Marge to the house. And I'm like, well, when I'm a grandmother, I'll be Margie. So I've kind of grown into this. And then the manifesting Marge part of it is, and we'll go into this more in the podcast, but over the last 10 years, I've really taught myself how to manifest and the power of energy and aligning with what I want in my life. And when I decided that I wanted to be a coach, I was like, oh my gosh, manifesting Marge, because she really is, I've really stepped into her. I've stepped into being okay with that name. It's really my alter ego and who I aspire to be more and more every day. And it's just, it's really funny how it's taken on a life of its own, but I get that same reaction from so many people and people, and my husband will say, he'll go, Hey, Marge, like literally no joke. He calls me Marge. He has, he hasn't said, I can't even tell you the last time he called me Meg, but people look at him like, Really, your life's your wife's name is Marge. I guess you just don't hear that name very much. No, you don't. No, and and of course we all think of Marge Simpson, like you said. So it catches people off guard, and they think it's funny, and they want to know the story behind it. And she's pretty amazing. And really, it's just I've gotten to the point as I've grown into her, the time in my life where I really don't give a shit. Like, I'm Marge. Like, take it or leave it. This is who I am. 
stepping into more of speaking my truth is pretty empowering to me, Marge. That's wonderful. And I can definitely see why you love that name. And it's so unique. And first of all, in the Marge aspect, but also manifesting Marge is so fun. Even just saying it is fun. So, and let's talk about that. I mean, when we're trying to manifest the life that we want, we want to be having fun, right? We want to be in a playful state, you know, similar to when we were a kid, right? We want to dream up what is the life that we want. So how would you say people should try to do that, like manifest their life? Well, you know, one of the biggest epiphany turning point in my life was just to take you back. So 10 years ago, my husband played on the PGA tour. He was a professional golfer. He's semi-retired. He says he may play again one day, but he suffered with a back injury that set him back professionally. Financially, we were not where we wanted to be. I was at home with two small children and I said, what can I do? There's got to be some way that I can provide for our household, but I didn't want a real job. I didn't want to put our kids in daycare every day. And by the time I looked at the cost and what it was going to entail was like, I'm better off doing something from home. So I started building a business from home. And the thing that made me really understand the power of man, and I had been studying manifesting when I was on this quest to figure out like, how do you have it all? What is the secret? What needs to happen for everything to fall into place? Our income was looking different. The economy had tanked. He was struggling in golf. He was moving around to different golf tours. And as you move around to different golf tours, you make less money. And I'll never forget like paying our bills and looking at paying the bills. And instead of going, oh my gosh, our power bills, 350 bucks. I would go, thank you, God source creator universe for the ability to pay this bill. There's more where that came from. And so I was putting myself in the place in that moment of having enough and emotionally connecting to all of my needs being met. Versus going, oh my gosh, I'm full of fear. I'm connecting to all these emotions that are not going to serve me and not going to help us get forward. And I'm just paying our bills out of scarcity, projecting and manifesting more scarcity and not enough. So that really was the turning point, I would say, in the power to start manifesting what I wanted. And when I started doing that, like that decision to pay our bills out of a heart of gratitude and enough versus not enough, I really started to get really good and aware and intentional about rerouting my thoughts and my words in every aspect of my life in a way that would serve me. And so it's the emotional connection to having what you desire now, not seeing it out there, not seeing, well, you know, when am I going to be not going to have the pressure of paying the power bill? Like when am I ever going to not care because the money's there? It's feeling in that moment, like the money is there. Hmm. right then and there. So it's the motion of the moment. And, and you know this, like time is complete illusion. Mm-hmm. Time is man-made. Like all we have literally is right now. So feeling that in this very moment is the power to manifesting what you want. Even like a new house. I'm currently manifesting a house, a new house. I want to build a house on some land and I walk myself through the house every single day. I feel it. I smell it. I feel like, I, ha- I mean, I'm enjoying that house right now. And I've got to the point where I'll walk out our back door and this piece of property that we're looking at has this big pond and I'll walk out the back door, our back door now, and I see that view. And so the excitement and the joy and the vision of what I see brings me excitement in this very moment, regardless if I'm there yet or not. 
I love it. All right. I'm going to totally ask you something that might throw you off and I really know you can answer it. (laughs) So when I'm working with, well, I should say talking with my wife, feels more like working because I'm like, come on, I know you know this. (laughs) So I believe everything you're saying. Like I, you know, she'll be like, this bill came in. I'm like, isn't that great? Because we only spend money that we know that we should be spending, right? We must have the money for it. So there must be more behind it, right? So as women who are with their partners or even men, if they're listening, and you already know this stuff, like how did you get your husband on board? Like with everything that you're talking about, like, is he even on board? You know, how does he look at you and say, there's no fucking pond in the back of our yard. (laughs) Why are you imagining it? I'm sure he doesn't say that, but you know what I mean? It's really cool because he does get it. He gets it. Now, was he getting it back when I was doing all of this in the very beginning? Probably not. And really and truly, I think I was on such a mission to do what I was setting out to do that I don't know. And I may be wrong because I can't go back and tell you everything, but I really feel like I wasn't sharing everything with him. This was something that I was doing internally. This was a decision that I had made inside, like, this is how I'm going to pay our bills. And this is how I'm going to see the business that I'm building. And this is how I'm envisioning the next five years of our life. And I did share a lot with him. I can't say he was fully on board 10 years ago, but I can tell you seeing the massive business that I've built over the past 10 years and everything that has transpired from what I set out to do, he's watched it Mm. and he totally gets it now. And he's like, dang, if I only knew now, if I only knew then what I knew now, look at what my golf career, how much it could have been different if I'd known what we know now. Like, look at all the, look at all the negativity I was speaking over in my golf game. You know, look at all the pressure I was putting on myself. Like, and it's crazy. Like athletes, they're working on this stuff now, right? I just saw, I wish I could remember the girl's name. She was interviewed on Mind Valley, a tennis player, and she had won some huge tournament. And I could be totally wrong on who she beat, but I think it was like Serena Williams. And she talked about how she literally was visualizing playing in that tournament before she went there and she would smell the grass. I mean, the details of the thing, she would feel everything. She'd feel the sweat on her body. It Mm. was so incredible. And it's no wonder that she did what she did and she upset the whole tennis world. But athletes are starting to get it now. And one thing that's so amazing is for our, we have two boys is it's so powerful to me for them to see the household that we're raising them in and for them to learn this at such a young age. Oh, I know. So I beautiful. Older people, older people. And, and you know, because you're a manifester and you're, you're an energy chick. You talk to people and you hear them say things and use words and speak things over their lives. And you're like, that are not good. And you're like, oh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they're 80s. I mean, they're, they're older. And the fact that we get to, to teach our kids this young is just it's truly one of the highlights of my life is being a mom because I can see our kids now. I mean, they don't even, they don't roll their eyes. I'm like, you know, reroute your words to a way that will serve you. And they're like, okay. And they do it. There's no hesitation. It's like, yeah, you're right, mom. Thanks for the reminder. So I love the way that you said that reroute your words. Cause like yesterday I was sitting with Aiden and he was on the computer and he goes, I'm so bad at computer stuff. And I said, we don't talk to ourselves like that. That's not helpful. It's giving him an action of like what to do. Instead of just, uh, it almost is a little bit shaming, I guess, if I say we don't say that. (laughs) So I like that. I think I'm going to incorporate that. Let's reroute our words. Yeah. Yeah. And and give them examples of, 
you know, I can't do things on the computer. You know, I was interviewing someone the other day that said, and it's really good, you know, recognize why you feel the way you feel. Working on the computer, you know, this may be difficult at times. I know I can do it. Seeing what it is maybe you're struggling with and recognizing that and then going, but I know I'm powerful. I know I can do this. I know Mm -hmm. everything that I need to get through this challenge or this struggle. It's funny because he does say stuff like that. Like, I can do this. I'm always like, I love it. I love hearing him say that. And, the, and it's so great that the kids are, or at least our kids at this time are learning that. And I'm sure that it's going to work its way into the schools. And, you know, they already have mindfulness classes now. And that's where we... It's definitely changing. Yeah. It's so much better than when we grew up. And it was like so different. I, I think about that. Yeah. And we're so, we are lucky that we learned. I mean, it seems like, I mean, you obviously look like not a day over 18 or something, <laughs> but I know you have two kids, but you know, we are learning this a little bit later than obviously, but still can manifest and create such amazing things. So, Absolutely. so how did you go from religion to spirituality? Cause I know there was a transition there. So I grew up in the church and I've always been I'm a creator, number one. I'm an artist. I'm completely right brain. School was really hard for me growing up. I'm just a creator. I see colors. I see solutions. I see shapes. I just, I don't think, I've never thought like the rest of the world. And my creativity, the right brainness of me has never allowed me to put anything in a box. I mean, I have purple in my hair. Like I, I love color. I'm not your typical mom. I've always been different. And there was a lot of things growing up in the church that did not feel good to me. Mm. My knowing, my soul, I just, I couldn't resonate with so many of the teachings, you know, and even, and even with the things about it that felt good, I would have a question about something and I would go through moments of like, oh, this is filling me up. And then I would have a question about something and I would ask someone that I thought could give me the answer and their answer it, it just, it, it didn't feel good. And I was like, something is totally off for me. And so I've been searching my entire life. And I would say probably around the time of me understanding manifesting and studying energy, I've just really gotten interested in metaphysical stuff. And I've always been interested in angels. I've actually heard some things throughout my life that uh, maybe they were angels. Maybe they were spirits or loved ones. I'm not sure. I've had cool things happen to me my entire life. I've always been interested in psychic abilities and those gifts and things that the church will tell you are wrong. I've just gotten to the place in my life that my God doesn't is not confined to a church. You know, my answers, they're not confined to a priest or someone who thinks they know everything. Spirituality is just, it's who I am. And it's like, it's, I'm finally home. And I've mm-hmm. finally gotten away from feeling bad about not going to church because we live in the South. Everybody goes to church when the doors are open, they're there. And I'm so good. Like I'm so good. Our kids are so good. We are doing amazing. And I'm just happy. I'm, I'm finally at the place where I can start speaking my truth, regardless of who likes me, doesn't like me as much as I believed a lot of the stuff about spirituality. I've kind of been a closet believer for a long time because I've had people around me that are, you know, that are afraid to believe that way. Mm-hmm. I'm almost 40 and it feels really good to be here. There's so much freedom and being who we're called to be. And I'll never forget. It wasn't too long ago. I was having this text thread with a group of friends. One of them 
is super religious and that we were talking about something and I gave them some insight from one of my friends that's a psychic medium and she's so gifted. She's been gifted from childhood. And I was helping these girls through this, this, and this text thread was something that was going on in the world. I mean, I think, I think it was COVID stuff. And my friend said, you can't talk about those. You can't talk about that kind of stuff here. I'm going to leave this group if you talk about, you know, whatever, whatever. And I responded and I can't remember exactly what my response was. It was basically people could hear angels and get visions, have premonitions, you know, prophecy in the Bible, but there's no way that could happen in 2020. (laughs) Happen anymore. Right. Right. And what I've grown to learn instead of resenting those kind of people because they get on my nerves or they're not as enlightened as I want them to be is just to send them love and to understand that they're only capable of understanding what their soul is ready for them to understand. And so as much as I want them to understand, not even understand, they don't have to understand me as much as I want them to respect my opinions and beliefs and love me. I've got to respect their opinions and beliefs. Right. Yep. Recently, there's been a lot of, uh, well, it's basically 2021 has become the worst 2020. (laughs) So anyway, I was talking about this stuff with a friend and they were like, I can't believe this or that. And I was like, you know what? Listen, I wouldn't want anybody silencing my voice or what I have to say. And so, you know, as long as people aren't getting hurt, then I think that they have a right to express how they feel. And of course, they're frustrated and I'm frustrated, but that's how they're using their energy to express it. And I don't know, there isn't really a right answer, but I I just know that I wouldn't want anybody to tell me how to act. Right. When you get away from that judgmental energy of I'm right, you're wrong, which is ego. Mm-hmm. When you get away from that, you're not, I'm not offended that people think that I'm a little woo. And you know, I'm just, I don't care. Like, oh, this, there's so much freedom because I've cared way too long about what people thought about different things and I'm growing up. <laughs> Feels good, right? Feels Speaking good. of growing up, you have two boys, right? So you're yeah. a boy mom. Tell me about raising boys, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah. So it is super fun, super busy, a 15 year old and a 11 and a half year old. Wow. Window. How cool is that? What just happened? Bird just ran into the window. Oh my gosh. I've got some animal medicine. We have to figure out what that is. Oh my Um, gosh. Any, anytime a bird dies, it's very spiritual for me. I don't know why it's not something that I'd ever wanted, but I listened to one of your podcasts and you're talking about birds pooping on your head. Yep. Yeah. First they started pooping on my head and it happened 19 and a half times. And then the other sign is when I see a dead bird, it's like a big thing is about to happen. Wow. I'll let you know if I find him on the ground. I, I feel bad. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, so I have a 15-year-old and an 11 and a half year old and they eat a lot of food, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. So let me just tell you, so I've built a really, really big business in direct sales, which has grown me in so many ways and shown me what I'm capable of. And that kind of led me, that did lead me to Manifesting Marge because I see so much self-sabotage and people have no clue. I mean, they're working so hard for what they want, but they have no idea that they're not energetically aligned with what it is that they're working for. And it's Mm -hmm. like beating their head against the wall over and over. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to coach people, not even in direct sales, just people across the board. Like, how do you align with love? How do you align with health? How do you align with money? How do you align with your career path? And so that led me to manifesting Marge. And then 
I've, you know, and I've created a course and I, I've, I've coached people and that's so amazing, but it's kind of crazy how manifesting March has turned into being more of a platform for helping get people out into the world like you energy healers and people that can help show people the power that their bodies have to heal themselves and how energy works in our body and, and in our world. And so the reason that that's kind of turned into a platform for energy healing and helping people is because I have two highly gifted empathic children, right? We're all empaths, some more gifted, highly sensitive than others. Our boys are very sensitive. The youngest, so much so ever since kindergarten at school and even like being out about, he has had, and mainly school, he has had, had, thank goodness he's healed now, stomach issues, chronic stomach issues. I mean, having to go to the bathroom, you know, gas pains, throwing up before school. I mean, the Aww. whole year. So we went to a gastro, the gastro doctor and pediatric gastro. And they're like, oh, it's IBS. You know, his fingernails look good. He's overall, he's healthy. Just cut out cheese and dairy. So we did that. And all of a sudden it just wasn't working anymore. He was thrown up after every single meal. Oh, every goodness. Meal. He had horrible circles around his eyes. Oh. I immediately called the gastro. This was in July, two summers ago, and they couldn't get us in until October. And I'm like, well, like, this is really bad. Like he can't eat. He's losing weight. I mean, it was horrible. And so I was actually on a coaching call with an energy healer and I had to get off. I said, he had just eaten dinner and he was on our balcony on our back porch throwing up. And I said, I've got to go. My child is sick. And she called me right after. And she goes, Meg, I feel him. My stomach is so distended. I'm in so much pain. This is not about food. This is all energetic. Like he needs now. And so the next day she connected me with Lily, you know, Lily, she connected me with Lily and we started working with Lily. And that was in July by about October, he was pretty much eating anything that he wanted. And we've been working with Lily for a year and a half, but all of his issues were completely energetic. So he literally was just feeling everybody and everything, even the moon. I mean, Lily said, you know, I've never seen a child so sensitive to the moon in my life. I mean, we would miss school sometimes the day before, but the day of a full moon and probably the day after we were missing school for full moons. Wow. She taught him so much. I mean, protecting his own energy field, asking himself, is this mine or is it somebody else's? We started working with Lily the end of July. By October, we were seeing a big difference. We're still working through a lot, but he was a lot better. By December, we had family in town and uh, we all went bowling for Christmas. It was just Christmas, get you know, cousins and kids out of the house. We went bowling. His stomach was hurting. And he said, mom, I got to get outside. I got to get fresh air. I said, what is it? I said, is it yours or someone else's? He goes, it's not mine. It's the little boy that's bowling next to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew exactly who he was talking about, just being observant. It was a little African-American boy that was with a white family. And I just thought, oh, well, he's probably adopted or he's a foster child. And you could tell he was, they were a family. Like they were all, mm-hmm. they, all they were family. He wasn't like visiting or anything. I mean, I could, I was just trying to figure out what was in the situation. And so when he told me the little boy, I said, what do you think it is? And he goes, he, mom, he's just really sad. 
And I said, you know, well, do what Lily's taught you to do. And so I said, he put his hand over his heart and, and I said, you know, ask him, ask his soul if he's open to your help and your healing. And so he did that. And his soul told him to send this little boy, whatever color that he needed. So he sent this little boy, whatever color he needed. And then he said, basically, this is not mine. This is yours. And he sat outside, he breathed. He was taking some deep breaths, breathed for a little bit, came back inside and he was fine. Mm. I mean, we were living like crazy town. We were literally months away from going to a doctor and then saying, oh, your child has an autoimmune disease. What we're going to do is we're going to do infusions every week for the rest of your life. Okay. That's what was going to happen. And it just so happened to be that our precious child is a light worker. Like he's just so highly sensitive that it was turning our world upside down. And I am just so grateful and I know that the reason it happened this way is because his soul chose me to be his mom. His mm-hmm. soul, I would understand him. And I'm just so grateful that I'm his mom because I can't imagine these children going through this world with these gifts. And they're becoming more prevalent, as you know, going through the world with these gifts and not being freaking understood. Not long after Lily started working with him, he came into my room one night and said, well, that day he said, mom, I just saw a man walk through the living room. I said, oh, okay. And he saw spirits when he was little. Like, and, and I was, we always acknowledged him and he would shut a man in our playroom every now and then. And I think it was my granddad. I don't know who it was, but, but I've always acknowledged it. Never been like, well, you're not seeing anything, you know, mm-hmm. never made a big deal about it. That night he ran into my room and he's like, turn the light, turn the light. That man just walked into my room again. And so immediately called Lily. It was like 1030 at night. And I said, you know, he's seen this man again. What is it? And and she asked me, she said, oh, someone passed away, older man passed away in or around your neighborhood. And I said, I don't think so. And she said, well, he's here. He's there because he wants Atlee's help. And she said, um, Atlee, you know, we're going to, we're going to help him cross over. He's, he's confused. We're going to help. We're going we're gonna to walk him towards the light. So they did that and he's gone. Never saw the man again. But Lily also told him, you know, your job isn't to help every spirit that comes to you. Mm-hmm. And she taught him how to command it put a circle of white light, a circle of white light around it and um, command it to go back to where it came from. Like your job is not to go through the world healing everybody. So it's just, it's been life-changing and literally, literally has healed our child. I actually have been in a class of energy healing for the past year and I'm just a kid in a candy store. I mean, I want to take the whole class over again four more times. Because <laughs> there's so much to learn and there it's is. just... It's amazing. And the thing that's so awesome about it is it makes the bullshit make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes being human not as heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, there's so much going on in the spirit world and we're being supported and there's angels and it's just amazing. And, and looking at where we are now in 2021, It'll be crazy to see how far we are in 10, 20 years from now, because, and you can speak to this too, with everything that's happening, you know, in the world, the age of Aquarius, like the frequency of the planet is changing and these gifts are opening up to children and people more and more. And I don't know if I'll be around to see it be mainstream, but I think it's coming. You know, on Netflix, there was a near-death uh, documentary series. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty pretty mainstream. That was pretty nuts. 
Yes. Yeah. I think little by little, yeah, it is going mainstream, you know, with podcasts like mine, like yours, uh, people talking about this. And, and the thing is, is that the people who are spiritual and talking about this stuff who've, you know, cleared their soul or, you know, um, their energy and cleaned up karma and things like that, they're a lot happier. And people are like, well, I'm not that happy. And, you know, you were saying people take themselves too seriously. And then when you start becoming spiritual, you're like, oh, this is really just like about lessons. This is not really personal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I ask for these things and I'm trying to evolve. And if I do it wrong, so what? Like, I don't have a a rule book or anything to follow. I always say that, you know, when I first started out, I was like, well, I didn't get a rule book, so they didn't get a rule book. So how can I hold them against, you know, like any kind of rule book and say, why are you doing this? And they're just doing the best they can. Absolutely. I totally agree. So uh, is there anything else you want to add before we talk about your... You want to get back to that religion thing. One thing that never made sense to me about religion is I'm like, okay, so you have this world and you have these cultures and you have these people and you have these belief systems and the way people are raised. And if they're not Christian, you know, they're not going to heaven. That always, always bothered me. Or, you know, people that are gay, whatever the situation is, that never, never resonated with me in my soul. Like we are all spiritual beings having a human experience and we're going through things in our life that our soul has orchestrated. Like everything is divine. Everything's divine. Nothing separates anyone from the divine. Nothing, not your culture, not your religion, not your sexual preference. Nothing separates us from God's source creator. And that to me is again, like my God is just so freaking big that I can't, it's not in a book and there's beautiful things in religion, but the unworthiness mm. that masses feel comes from religion. Right. It's a lot of shaming. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Humans shame each other enough. There doesn't need to be a God that's doing it. That's why I love the near-death experiences because you do hear about these people who crossed over and then they meet, you know, their angels or spirit guides or, or God. And there's just only a sense of love and understanding that it was tough and that you were doing your best and uh, no judgment. And the, actually, that's one of the first things that I decided I was going to let go of was judgment because, like I said, I don't know how to be a human. I, I'm doing the best I can. Obviously, there's some programming inside of me in my DNA, but I'm going to give myself some some love and compassion for figuring it out. And so therefore, I should give that to others. And if I give it to others, then I'll give it to myself as well. You're exactly right. So you are in the process of launching your Meg Rock show. I know it just came out. I think it's only been out for a week, right? Yes. So tell us about the Meg Rock show because it's basically about manifesting March, right? Exactly. So I was actually invited on a podcast in the fall and I had so much fun and it just hit me. I was like, you need to do a podcast. And I don't know anything about podcasts. (laughs) I'm still figuring out as I go. But I thought, you know what, like I've been building this manifesting Marge brand for two years. And at the end of the day, right, don't we all want everything to make money? We need money to live and to give, of course. But it really hit me. I was like, what if, what if manifesting Marge was a voice and a platform for healing for everyone? And what if it's not about what I have to offer, but it's about being a place for me to serve others and what they have to offer. And there's no better time 
than 2021. Hello. Absolutely. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to launch this podcast and I'm going to interview super inspirational, amazing human beings who have incredible stories to offer hope. But I'm also going to to interview those that practice different healing modalities around the world. Because at the end of the day, those would be the podcasts that I'm going to listen to. So why not be you know, live and interview these people myself. And so it's just, I'm a month into the interviews and it is super fun. I am loving every single minute of it. And it's real. I'll tell you the story. So Lily, so I was working with Lily, um, who I've been talking about that has worked with our child. She was on the podcast. Lily. Yeah. She told me, yes. And I've got to, I've got to listen to that podcast um, with her, with you, but she, I'll talk to her. And I said, I said, Lily, I was like, okay, so, you know, the small minded human part of me goes, well, how am I going to get people on my podcast? Like I have no subscribers, right? <laughs> and we live in a doggy a, a dog world. They're going to only want to get on if they're going to be able to get in front of big numbers, people to sell their thing. Right. And that's just a small minded part of me. And I said, but I also know that I'm manifesting freaking March. Like I <laughs> think or go home. I don't care if you right. have I love it. followers. I send you a message. I want you on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the belief I have around me, what I have to offer and how excited I am. And Lily told me a story, which was so amazing. And it's exactly what I was going into is launching a podcast. But she said, she said, right after 9-11, she said, I had started my own headhunting company and she goes, no one was hiring. So here I am starting a headhunting company and companies aren't hiring people. So the small minded Lily could have said, well, this is going to be a flop. This is the most horrible time to be launching this company because realistically, look at where we are in the world. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I didn't look at it that way. She goes, but that was back in the day. Like I literally, there was no real social media, probably any social media. Yeah. 2000, that's 2000 and 2001. Oh yeah. 2001. I like had just gotten a phone. <laughs> exactly. So she said, I literally was going face to face. I was networking with people. I was shaking hands. And she said, I would introduce myself and say, hello, I'm Lily Winsap. I'm the world's top recruiter. And she said, not one person asked me where I got that name. She goes, I just owned it. And she said, ended up building a massive company. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly the way I'm looking at mailing into this podcast. And I'm really, I'm getting yeses like that because of my belief and my vision. In my mind, this thing's already big. People, people are coming to it. They want to come, right? Right. There's, I mean, and it's just the sabotage that that I was talking about with women and men and everyone. There's no way you can build the thing if you don't believe in the thing. There's no way I could send someone a message and say, hey, you know, I've launched this amazing podcast. I'd love to have you come on if there was no belief behind what I was doing, because they're going to feel that. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you don't believe in what you have to offer when you're starting the thing, you just need to hang your hat at the back door. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's not, go, it's not going to go anywhere. Right, right, right. It benefits you to go into what you're doing with that kind of energy. So yes, Manifesting Marge. Um, so it launched last Monday and I'm trying to figure out all this podcast stuff, but I'm getting lots of downloads and a lot of good reviews and it's super fun. And you're on Spotify and Apple as well, right? Yes, yeah. Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. You know, my goal is just to, enlighten people and, you know, bring healing and happiness and hope in a crazy world because we're not our circumstances. 
We're not, right. we have so much power, right. That we don't know about, or we haven't been taught or acknowledge. And when we tap into that, then we start to realize, wow, I'm this huge creator and I can do things that I want to do is, you know, it's funny, you know, we, we use our mind to create and people forget that. Like they forget that they can just start to use their neural networks literally to pull in the things and experiences that they want to have. And, and by you envisioning all those things, you're creating a world that our minds don't know the difference between what you're doing by looking at that pond versus the pond actually being there. And so that's how it brings it into your experience. And I want to just say one thing about what you were saying, like, I don't have a huge list and uh, how am I going to get these people? Like, that's the human talk, right? Like it's the programming. But when you slide over to the other side, you're like, well, the people that I want on the podcast are the kind of people that are like myself and I'm very giving. And those people are probably going to be very giving, right? And those people are going to be spiritual and they're going to know whether or not they want to be on the podcast and they don't really care about how many people are listening to it. They know that they'll get back what they put in, right? And that's what I love about what you're doing, what I'm doing. We just want to give. We just want to give of ourselves. And that's what you were talking about with Manifesting Marge, how you have that website where people can just go and they can learn from you, but also from the other people who have taught you and you know that are worthwhile in, in their time. That's right. And the other thing I want to say about inviting people on my podcast is I've got people coming on my podcast that have very few followers. They don't even know what a list is. I even have a couple people that have nothing to offer, right? They're just amazing people. And at the end of the day, I want to believe and speak life into those people and give them a platform for what they're doing because I want that for myself, right? And so I want these blue check, big people to go, yes, I want to be on your podcast. So I want to offer the same thing to these people to lift them up and to propel them into their calling and just show them how powerful they are, no matter how big or small their following is. So absolutely. I want the big people, but I'm also loving on the people that are just starting their journey. Yeah. Rising tides lift all boats. That's exactly right. Well, Meg, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I love everything that you're doing. Your energy is amazing. Your teachings are awesome. You really embody everything that you talk about. So I can't wait to listen to your podcast and beyond your podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about my journey and share a few things that I've learned along the way. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 